0: And welcome to another episode of the Friday Night Movie Podcast. We have today with us one of our all-time greatest guests, one of the guests who is with us from the ground floor. But the truth is, is I feel like we're still on the same floor, but she is now a skyscraper. She's in the penthouse. Yeah, she's in the penthouse and we're lucky we can call ourselves on her ground floor Um, the absolutely we're like using the
1: bathroom on the ground floor of her skyscraper, and she's in the penthouse. That's (laughs) how I would describe it. We'd be like, we the the doorman's letting us in just to like make a pit stop.
0: Exactly. We are lucky to have her. Um, when she has a time between gigs, the amazing she's an author, she is an inspirational speaker, she is an activist, she is a business leader, an entrepreneur, I think, a fashion icon. The one and only Dr. Pam Gurley, welcome back.
2: Hey, thank you all for having me back again.
1: We definitely it's missed a so few exciting. things because we didn't say podcaster. Oh yeah. <laughs> what else did we because like yeah, the
0: podcaster. I, yeah. International traveler. International traveler, expert in mixology. Um,
1: um, influencer for sure.
0: For sure. <laughs> Oh, um, and uh, well, I said fashion, fashion icon, but uh, you know, your merch, your lifestyle brand of, of unapologetic is just yeah. amazing. So, yeah. so, so we have Dr. Gurley back, Pam, as we call her, and we're going to get into her book in a little bit, but Pam, we're now going to invite you first just to, I wouldn't say interview us, but I'm going <laughs> to reflect a little bit on the fact that. Lily has sent our parents back to us and they have now arrived in Virginia where Becky and I both now live. And it's an experience. We haven't seen them in 14 months. Becky, well, who usually keeps her emotions quite bottled up. How do you react to our parents arriving?
1: I mean, I, I'm not going to reenact it for you because then it will, it will just ruin the rest of our day. But I basically, like, I essentially collapsed into a hysterical sobs. Like, I couldn't hold myself up. Mom had to, like, prop me up while I just sobbed uncontrollably into her. It was very intense. Like, people kept asking me to the lead up, Are you so excited? How are you feeling? Are you going to cry? And I was just, a bit, I just was like, I can't talk about it. Like, I just, I have to compartmentalize until the moment I see my parents, and then we'll let floodgates open and then with dad it was like oh good to see you no i'm kidding I, i i used up all the tears by the time i gave him a hug
0: i i just want to say i so i'm not a crier unless it's during like certain movies but i will say like in 24 hours we got to do some of our greatest hits with mom and dad including um uh having shabbat dinner but then also just watching TV with them, which is like all I've wanted to do all year. I know you're is so watch happy. Watch TV with my mom, who I watched TV with nonstop with growing up, and we watched a bunch of shows and i'll get into that in our recommendations and they fell asleep in front of the couch and then on, in front, of, in the front TV, of the tv um, on the couch and then we all took pictures like all them. the
1: couches like shy's yeah. shy's outdoor couch night, on his patio the couch in his living room the couch in my living room all we in just one went evening. couch hopping napping on each yeah. one it was they so cute on every them. couch There's so many pictures of them we took scrunched ton- up we took, ton,
0: we took tons of pictures i, I don't I'm not sure that's for the that's for our our patreon subscribers our patreon subscribers get pictures of our parents asleep because i think they will be quite mad and i think they look good so i really i'm thankful to lily they, they, they looked as becky said they looked much better than she expected because they sounded much older and crazier on the phone our
1: listeners might not know this but i am actually like a uh, very high ranking when it comes to backhanded compliments, I <laughs> I really know how to dish them out, and I think my best one to Dad was like, "Wow, Dad, you don't look nearly as old as you sounded on the phone this last year."
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, it's been great having them back, and you know we're going to be watching TV with them nonstop, and I think because our parents are back. And because we are going to be watching TV with them nonstop,
1: I also I, want to be clear. I'm also having lovely conversations, catching up with them, yeah, and you know, sure, sharing thoughts and feelings and opinions.
0: Sure, but I would like for to to know from the inimitable Pan Gurley what she has been watching, so we can get into this. Oh yeah, with, and maybe watch some of the stuff with our folks. Maybe there's some good recommendations we'll pick up here. So Pam, over to you. What have you been watching?
2: Oh wow! So, so a couple of things. I tried getting recently getting into the organized crime. I'm just not there yet, but I still watch my Law and Order. I watch all of my Chicago's. Um,
0: my mom watches all the Chicago's. She loves all the you should Chicago. come over.
2: You should come uh, over yeah, and watch, watch Chicago the Chicago's ship.
0: with my mom.
2: Yes, I would love that. I mean, I'm so, in, and I have to watch them in, in order. <laughs> so I'm constantly, I'm like right there. Um, I still love the good doctor. I, and I love how they have really uh, had the character evolve uh, in a relationship and all of those things. So that's been kind of nice. And then I've gotten into like... Um, I don't know what you want to call it. I've never been really big on reality TV. And then when I went to my mom's for like five weeks last year, I got hooked on like, what is it? Uh, Married to Medicine and no, The Housewives of the Potomac. And so I started watching that.
0: <laughs> is that a real one? Housewives of the Potomac? That's like in our area.
2: Yes. Yeah, well, exactly. So I got into watching that. And then of course I got into watching the other things. So I was watching like, uh, the Basketball Wives and a Real Housewives of Atlanta. So I've gotten into a little bit of just the guilty pleasure of of watching those now. But other than that, you know, I don't have a lot of time in front of a, a TV, except for I do right in front of me. I have my iPad. So I'm just kind of a creature of habit. So I would love some new shows, although I've been watching All-American with Jay and Snowfall with Jay. Those are kind of new Ooh,
0: what 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 are what All shows. American the football show? All Americans a football show?
2: Yes, it's about um some teens that that play basketball that play football. Yeah. So it's actually it's really, really good show. Uh and I got into that, you know, and I used to watch it sparingly. So now whenever he watches it, I'll watch it with him because I actually like it now. And then the other one is Snowfall. What uh, is Snowfall? That wow. one. So Snowfall was originally started, it was written or started from John Singleton or Singletary. single yeah, John Singleton before he passed. Oh wow. and they still they still had the show continuing on since his since his passing. And it's really good. It's about uh, I guess it's a young man who, I, I guess he works for the CIA, CIA undercover. Or, well, as an informant or whatever, I don't know. But they, he basically sells drugs. With they see, he's getting his drugs from the CIA.
0: Oh, so I don't know the backstory. That's the snow. Yet. That's the snow reference. Got it.
2: Yes, yes, but and I'm, I'm just now coming in, so I've, I've missed a lot. <laughs> of how he got to be as big as he is and how he got to be working with the cia and all of those things Oh, but, so
0: this is now i'm seeing yeah. this is a show on fx that deals a lot with the corruption and problems associated with the war on drugs
1: yes Would that, that sounds be really interesting
0: Would that, that be it's, accurate that's correct and yes. i love singleton so that's that's great
2: yeah, uh, so it's actually a really good move of show. I have to go back and watch it from the beginning because like I said, I'm into it now, but I need to understand what happened before.
0: Oh, wow. Um, yeah, absolutely. All right, I got to check that out. That's very cool. All right, so we're going to, Becky and I are going to pitch you, would oh, you hear that? A little bar mitzvah voice crack there. Um, <laughs> Becky and I are going to pitch you some of the shows we've been watching lately. See if <laughs> and you, and you tell us, by renter or meh. Pam, give us a buy, rent, or may of the show based okay. on the pitch that we make it based on what we are watching. So I'm going to go first. This is one I watched with my parents the other night. This okay. is it's called Resident Alien. It's on sci-fi. The lead actor is Alan Tudyk, who you might know from Doom Patrol and uh, Dodgeball. Very funny guy, and. He plays an alien that lands in a remote town in Colorado and like no one can get there in the winter. It's three hours from any civilization. And by sheer set of accidents, he ends up taking on the identity of the town doctor and helping to solve local mysteries while he is also learning about human culture. So it's this mix of fish out of water but it's also, there's a lot of different people living in this town together from different backgrounds who all feel kind of alien in themselves. And it is both very funny, but also has a real dramatic, dramatic undercurrent, because you are dealing with people who feel um, disconnected. And, and, and while they're solving the mysteries, and they're having their adventures, and he's learning about humans, you're also, you're also um, talking a lot about like identity and morals and who you are, and I find it very, very funny, very well written, and uh, it's only 10 episodes, it's on sci-fi. so Pam, you know the, you know the rules of the game, a buy means you're ready to buy it, a rent your medium about it, you'll check it out maybe, and then a meh, you're passing.
2: Is this a comedy? It's it's overall a comedy,
0: comedy. it's a 40-minute show, so it's, it's the length of a drama, but it is 100% a comedy.
2: I... Well, oh, I think I would buy only because I see the humor in the fact that the doctown doctor is an alien. Yes. Who is getting he has to get to know this civilization while he's treating people. That's it. I can imagine that that I can imagine that there has a lot of humor in that. So I think I would buy that
0: there is a lot of great humor in him trying to figure out how to be a doctor for humans and relate to humans. And there's also a bit where there is one kid in the town that can see him. And so while he's doing this, he keeps trying to intimidate or kill this kid. I mean, he's not he doesn't kill the kid but he like sneaks into the kid's house at night to scare him to tell him not to and no one believes the kid that he's an alien i'm guessing i'm two episodes in immediately hooked on the show and mom and dad both loved it so i immediately have a show to watch with them uh i am guessing he and this kid will team up eventually all right becky what okay show so,
2: so what's the title is that what's what, what time resident
0: check that out. resident Wait. alien on sci-fi okay and you can also watch it if you have hulu live but or you can okay. watch it on the sci-fi app Okay, Becky, what is your first show to pitch to paint?
1: Okay, so this has been, this is very unexpected for me. So I want to preface this by saying that I would never choose, I would never see this come up on my Netflix and be like, oh, I want to start that show. But, you know, our partners influence us. So this last week I have been watching a show on Netflix called Drive to Survive. And it is, we can call it a, a docudrama we could call it a reality show I think I think Vlad would be a little bit he doesn't want me saying oh he's watching a reality show but that's what it is about formula one and each episode you go behind the scenes with a different Formula One team into the drama and the like infighting and the and the competitiveness and then you know what's going on with the drivers and the press and the and the competition. And you're watching these like actually very thrilling car races. I mean, I have to say if there's on the number one on the list of things I do not care about are cars. <laughs> That's my number one thing I don't care about number two would be cars that are racing each other in any way shape or form least interested I'm like that's the least thing I'm interested in but this show actually makes the races themselves feel high stakes and exciting the way that they shoot it and then there's all this like hilariousness of what goes on with these different teams and how bananas all these like this whole culture of car racing is um and
0: these are european so it's not it's all it's European. not nascar so this is also so no, it's you get not to see so different it's european like, cultures
1: right so you have like the it's like the ferrari team and the mclaren team and the red bull team and mercedes team and then a bunch of other teams i don't even know the names but they're all they're all europeans so like italians and germans and french and and it's Really, really funny because Europeans are like they're just so adjacent to us. They're like just slightly different enough they're that so you listen
0: to them and to you just us. and just,
1: you just like giggle at the things that they say. I
0: I, I want that to be like the quote of the episode. <laughs> Europeans are just so adjacent to us, <laughs> Becky Corman. It's
1: like they are. They're like like the alien version of us. It's just really funny. Um. So I, anyways, I what I. What's the reason I've been watching the show is that I find that even though it's a subject and a community I don't care about, the show is well made. It's like well produced and edited, and the producers are really creating fun, like interesting enough stories that you kind of want to like. Oh, like oh, I want to see who's which which team this driver is going to go with next, and who they're going to fire, and so very well-made um, reality show or docu-drama show about Formula One.
2: Okay. So I, I'd probably rent only because I'm not a big car fan. And so it would depend on how it, you know, if that first, is it a, is it a series? It's a series. It there's, one three,
1: there's three seasons. So it's like each season's a different year of like Formula One. And like, and then each episode you follow a different team and I guess like a different point in the in the race i don't really know for the races i still don't know what it's about i've seen three seasons
2: <laughs> okay so yeah probably rent only because you know i like humor things and things that are different so i think i've i've I'd rent that to see Give it a try you'd give it a try yes i'll give yeah, it a but try. you're not
1: going to commit i i mean i feel the same way
0: all right now yeah. lily lily what do you have to pitch pan what show okay. are you watching you pitch Pam.
3: so Pam said different, so <laughs> this is different, <laughs> and it is nail biting excitement on the edge of your seat. You don't know what could happen in this show. It's only thirty minutes.
1: Oh, please, is this and your when, ugh. and and when
3: the you're at the, like, and when you're at your like twenty five minute mark, you're like, I can't believe there's only five minutes left of this is
0: episode. this the glass blowing is the glass show. Really? show? It, it
3: is the glass, glass blowing show. show. It literally- is literally. So- oh good like i'm marrying it i watched like <laughs> what's it this called season.
1: okay we can it's move on i below. answered for pam <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, i just i think
3: the true challenge of this game is knowing you're gonna get a meh, and you go for try to get a rent
0: okay i will say i am i, I will say lily it is bold of you to go for this pam okay. it is listen to because... lily lily talks about this show every week on our podcast <laughs>
3: okay and everybody ignores me. And then I think Shai probably just like mutes me. And then there's like a lag in the episode when it airs. And people are like technical difficulties because he's embarrassed. So I'll set the tone. First of all, I also finished it so I can now 100% vouch for the show. Oh. Okay. Imagine people needing, like creating incredible works of art, okay? That have different people evaluating them. Judges? yeah, No, sorry. There's the judges, <laughs> but then there's like a guest evaluator every week from different backgrounds. Like, a, like a guest, like a guest,
0: a guest judge, judge or a chef?
3: Because they call it evaluator on the thing. Okay? Is, is it's Can- also- I think it's, it might be Canadian,
0: so oh, they're it's very Canadian.
3: nice.
1: They just want to be great. really nice. We're not judging you. We're just evaluating
3: I, They say evaluator. What are they That's called?
0: True. The matriculators? What are they called the, matric- the people that sit in your exams in Canada? Matriculators.
3: Matriculate
0: no invigilators 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 (laughs) oh that is weird
3: anyways you guys you are distracting me from my pitch so they have to create okay let's just make it very simple beautiful incredible functional sometimes pieces of artwork or pieces that are they're asked to out of glass okay now the actual creation of these pieces is extremely intense. First of all, they could get burned to the point where they have, like, severe... Like- like, need to be amputated or have like nerve the damage. The stakes
1: are too high. The stakes if are what so high. Happen. The stakes are so
3: high. Like, as the and not working, even like material. a good
1: kind of stakes, they're just like unnecessarily high.
3: Well, no, the, to, to make show. to like to to you know, it's not like your little baking, Becky, British baking, where people can, like get like, oh, I got a little burn. This is like,
0: no, those people nearly cut injuries. fingers off in every episode. Everyone that show, there is a, a finger in the marzipan every time, <laughs>
3: anyways. The point is that um they are it's first of all the original cast is very diverse like the very the first people aged all different age groups backgrounds ethnicities so I thought that was fascinating also nationalities like people have come into this show like left their families to come compete in this show from all like different places in the globe and I guess Canada and the U.S. and um it's like they have their own perspectives, their own backgrounds, and the challenges get increasingly, extremely difficult and uh, beautiful. Like the things that these people come up with, and they can physically make with their hands in the their mouths. The, well, their mouths. <laughs> <laughs> they do a lot more with their hands than you would think. They do have to blow the glass, but often and then the don't think they wear like actually... giant
1: gloves to like.
3: They do have yeah, like have oven huge gloves. Mitts. They have all different kinds of oven mitts. Yes, they do. And tools and and, and I like that like has there been like, a bad oh, injury
1: on the show for like no? like hot glass melts no. through someone's arm and like, like takes No, off? but they
3: tell you if it did what could happen. Um, but they'll be like people like they're working so hard they take a risk and they're doing something that's harder than what they're used to, and then all of a sudden um, it'll smash and break because it gets too cold or too hot and like and then they have or their or their assistant like, drops it. Or the one time one of the assistants dropped it. And the end at the end I find it I found it very, very satisfying. Um, there's a lot of like talk about women in art in the show and women in glass blowing because it's not a field Oh, now for women. I see how
1: you're angling Pam. All right. I get it. Uh, I all get right. it. Can we I Pam, get it. All
0: I right. Think Pam's heard enough. And I Pam, just think over it's to you. a
1: beautiful show. That's all I'm saying.
3: That's exciting.
2: Oh gosh. Okay. So, see, I love art. That's, I, you know, ah, I got and her. I, and I like all kinds of art. I got her.
3: I'm gonna get a buy. I'm gonna so, get a buy. I,
2: I'm, I might watch like one or two episodes only because I'm curious. And and I, you know what? I also went to this. Um, Gosh, I was trying to figure out what country I was in, and they were blowing glass, and it was so just like, you not oh believe my god, doing this, Pam, um, Pam, seriously. So, so I, I probably would like watch an episode or two just to peek, just out of curiosity, because I love art, and just I'm just saying, so, and,
0: and Pam's actually seen it happen in person, she's qualified yes, to be so one of I. the evaluators.
2: Value. I almost, want to, I, I, I almost want to before I, before I um, we close out today, I'm going to have to go run to my wine bar and get this glass that is a beautiful wine glass made of crystal and there's a ball blown inside. Nate, yes.
3: okay. I, well, I bought it
2: back from that, Africa. I bought it back from Africa.
3: All right. I did not learn enough while watching to remember the technique off by heart. That happens several times during the show. It's extremely difficult. And like, if you screw that up, your whole piece is screwed up. Like you, you're out of the, you're out of the competition. And to get that right, they blow one piece, and then you got to blow the second piece inside the original piece. But any change in temperature, it's like you're a goner, goner.
0: The whole thing explodes. In the your whole thing and explodes. In
3: your face. <laughs> no, well, sometimes they were protective well, speak- covers.
2: Well, I just think it's impressive if for you know for anyone to be able to create the exact same thing over and over. You know, because if you buy a set of something that's blown and it matches, that, that's so impressive to me.
3: Well, they talk well, about I'd that. Well, I'd be curious. They talk about yeah, that. And I'd then they curious. do all kinds of like crazy techniques. So maybe I'll like send you an episode maybe about halfway through because the challenges of the beginner are like, okay. But then because they got to weed out, you know, the people like can't really like, you know, cut it. Just but then the people, sort of like, ha- like with ha- like biscuit my level of life, week blowing is always skill. at the
1: Biscuit Week is always at the beginning.
3: Right. Exactly. Like, on. like great British baking. Exactly. The biscuits. Yeah. Like, like, let's if see who's, make who's a really biscuit meant to be here. Get once, out of the uh, kitchen. Yeah. So, um, and I also just have to say, like, it's, I am amazed how they keep such a straight face when they use the word blow and blowing constantly on the show and the hot box and the glory <laughs> hole. They're always saying the glory <laughs> hole. And I'm like... These people deserve an award for giving a straight face. They got to get it in the glory hole. It doesn't do you, fit in the Lily, glory hole. Do
0: you maybe think- The glory hole like 500 Lily, degrees. Do you maybe think that this show is really just a Canadian comedy bit? Like they were like, how can we do a show <laughs> that puts all those words in it that I, everyone takes seriously? I think it could be.
3: Past? I think it could easily be a bit. This They take so bloody seriously. You start to take it so seriously. I
0: would love to know. You are
3: in is. it. In it for the stakes, man. Okay, well, I'm going to send you an episode, Pam, w- where to watch. Like, to start art.
0: from. Speaking of art, Pam is an author, which is one of the most important arts. And you have now written your second book, Black Girl Activist. <laughs> it is a bestseller on Amazon. I own it. We all own it, uh, which we are thrilled about. And uh, it's an incredible... Uh, again, you mix... Uh, this is the same thing with your previous book, The... Um, uh, I'm not a stereotype. I am her. You mix a, an element of personal history, inspirational, motivational speaking, and also uh, truth telling is the best way I can describe it. Just being blunt with your audience, you're speaking directly at them with this book. And we would love to hear more about it and uh, i'm actually as much as i have a million questions lily who is the cultural studies baccalaureate of the family uh is gonna take the reins what a brag (laughs) is gonna take the reins on the interview from here but a huge congratulations and everybody listening go out check it out amazon kindle that's where i purchased mine um but i'm sure there's tons of other places pam can people buy it in other places
2: Yes, well, I'm going to be putting it on Barnes & Noble and in the Apple store soon, um, hopefully by the end of the month. I have, like, so many things going on right now. But I also have paper copies right now. You know, by popular demand from my supporters, they felt like they didn't want just uh, an ebook. So some who purchased the ebook still wanted a signed copy. So you can get that on my store. Um, unapologetic It's unapologeticbydrg.com. It now has its own name and its own company, so it's on my storefront.
0: That is awesome. Yes, and we will make sure that is in the show note links. And with that, let's talk more about the book, Lily. Take it away.
2: So the first
3: thing I wanted to say is that I love the tone of your book. I wish most books were written in that kind of tone. The way I described it to someone was that it's just basically like somebody's talking to you and like having just like an honest conversation, but you're really doing like good listening like you're sitting and like absorbing you know everything the person is saying um because you're just like no hold barred
1: and can I just um, can I can I just add on to that sure. before you even get your first question it what I liked about it is that it it didn't feel like you were worried about hurting my feelings, and I always appreciate bluntness when it's like this isn't about Becky Corman's feelings. This is about getting to some truth and explaining some things and making sure that you understand what is happening. And so that I—that's a great way to to
3: emphasize that because yeah. it's one hundred percent true. I was when I, when I was reading it. I was like, I wonder if anyone's offended by reading it and if they are, that's so good. Like I was like, that's great. Like mission accomplished. Like, you know, not in a bad way, but in a way of like you're, it's written in a tone that's shaking you up, which I think is excellent. Like, mm-hmm. it's, yeah. So my question was, my first like, quick sort of introduction to it is, can you explain the book and uh, tell us what prompted you to write it?
2: Yes, and so of course, after writing, I am not a stereotype, I am her. Um, I started having conversations with people, even just around having all of these stereotypes and the different stigmas that come along with being a Black woman, particularly in in a community of Black women or a community of Black people, period. And just how, you know, there's such, I guess, dissension, I I, I guess I'll say, in how we treat one another. And and I always feel like, wow, you know, there... so in so many ways, the parts of the world are against us and we're, we're against us also. So I wanted to have conversations about from a community perspective to say, what can we do to change how black women are viewed? You know, other than very negatively. And I've had, I actually held a group in uh, Clubhouse and it was a black man who got up there and said that he, he took some of the responsibility for black men in the way that black women are seen, because some of the black men actually created some of these stereotypes. And I was like, wow, that's, that was such a, a great feeling because to hear someone actually say the very thing that I have been saying, you know, <laughs> that a, a lot of the things that have come, you, you hear a lot of black men. And I feel like if things resonate inside of our community and go out, then that's how people view no matter what culture, right? Yeah. That's how, that's how things are viewed because people are going to believe what, what people say about their own culture more than anyone else saying. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to have these conversations. And so I was in clubhouse in a gratitude group and I would just have these conversations with people and they're like, Oh, you should, you should uh, start your own group and, and all of this. And I was like, well, maybe so I did. And I was getting some, Really, just transparent and very honest, and and I always say that my room is a safe space. Even though it's black girl um, activist is a room, I had a white lady can't come in and say, I, I've always wanted to poke my head in, but <laughs> I don't want to be offended, or I don't want to come off offensive, or I don't want people to, you know to say anything and I said, it's a safe space for everyone. And I said, I don't, I'm inclusive, even though the title says black girl activists, I'm inclusive to everybody because I feel like in order to make a difference, everybody has to be included in the conversation. And so she said, well, she was in one group and somebody told her it's not my job to educate you on black culture. And I, I felt like, yes, and I feel like, and I told her, I said, well, I want you to ask me questions. I want you to understand the way that you look at things might not be the real way. So I wanted to be able to answer any questions she had. In order to make change, you have to educate. So to say you're not going to educate someone on a Black culture, you're already saying that I don't care how you feel, but you should care about how someone feels. Because if if, if the wrong, if misinformation is out there and you don't have the power to change it, it doesn't change. And so thank you so much for bringing that
1: up because um, that is something I think about quite a bit in terms of we're, we're in these spaces. Can I, can I participate? Is there room for me? Is that appropriate? Is that inappropriate? Um, and what's really helpful about your book is being able to listen in on this conversation from one Black woman to other Black women. And using that as an opportunity to educate myself on what these internal conversations might be like and the things that need to be said amongst people within a community. And, and to know one of my questions for you was going to be something along the lines of like, is it, is it okay that we're reading it? Like, who, do, who, is, it, who is it for? Who's it? Who else would you like to read it? And so thank you for sort of indirectly answering that of being like, yeah, yeah, it's okay, Becky. You can read this book. It's for you too. There's room for you to read it too.
2: Yeah, there's room for everyone to read it. I, it might seem one-dimensional because I feel like it was written, you know, two Black women, four Black women, about Black women, by a Black woman. But I want other people to grab hold to understand some of the, some of the angles that we need. But I also feel like we need advocates of other races to be a part of this conversation. Mm-hmm. Because in order to understand what diversity should look like, and I've talked about it in the book. I'm like, I don't care for diversity. I don't I don't want you to bring me in and then you don't give me equity. You don't give me equality. I, I feel like that's counterproductive. Just to say that you have a black face, it's to me, it doesn't, it's not fair. So these are conversations that I feel like we need to have because there's so many people who, oh, you know, how oh, they're on diversity panels and all of this stuff. And so I wanted to put out there, okay, you're on a diversity panel, but what does diversity really look like? Let's have this conversation. So if anyone who's on the outside, who reads this book can now understand and say, well, maybe we're looking at diversity wrong. Maybe it's not, it's not only about diversity, that it's about equity and it's about equality and, and it's about liberation. And so, cause I feel like without equity, it's still a level of oppression there for us.
1: And just by the way, on, on this pod, we've talked about it a lot that we, we've all, we all feel like the more niche something is, the more universal it becomes. So when you're trying to tell a very specific story or talk to a very specific audience, that's when you can create um, connection and empathy with other groups. You know, when you try Mm -hmm. to just cater to a huge, broad audience, it gets Watered down the story, the messaging, whatever it is. So I, I really, and I, and I can I'm sure I can speak for my brother and sister here. We really appreciate how specific this book is. Yeah,
3: so. yeah, and
2: I love writing conversationally. I, I do. That's, I think that's my niche for writing. I, it's, you know, as a writer, it comes through.
3: And, it definitely and, and comes my through. Job is,
2: yeah, my job is to, as a, just as a, from someone who does media stories on people all the time, my job is to be creative in how I put content out there. I want it to be engaging, but I also value the importance of of the tone and the conversation because if it seems like it's too high level and too direct, then you get you, people get lost, and I want to be able to make it simple, straightforward, <laughs> and just direct.
3: Um that yeah and, and just to quickly say one of one of my favorite lines I have a few favorite lines I highlighted them in the Kindle version but one of them is when you said this country sucks. Yeah, and you're like it does, but it's our country and we have to like it's we have to make it better and I think like that's something that is very specific to the what you were talking about in the book obviously, but then also very specific to so many things. Like you can really pull out that that line that fantastic line and apply it to so much especially right now so um and that if you didn't have that tone and that one way of communicating you wouldn't be able to write it like that and that really you know hit the mark i think um i wanted to ask you specifically about chapter four um which i really i mean i liked all the chapters but i really like chapter four uh physical shifts and um if you don't mind can i quote you you um You say, uh, despite the social, political and cultural transformations black women have had in the past two decades, there has been a continuous influence of skin tone in shaping the way our community perceives us and society. Like I mentioned above, from an early age, society forces us to question our bodies. Society paints a picture of the typical woman in our head, and it isn't us. We didn't grow up seeing us in magazines, popular literature, big time television, fashion shows, advertisements, and other forms of media. This brings me to ask you, Pam, I would love to know your thoughts, and uh, especially since you name her so many times and how important she is as a figure uh, for women everywhere, especially women of color and black women, what your thoughts are on uh, Kamala Harris's folk cover that she did fairly recently and the con- quote unquote, controversy around that
1: because what was the controversy around it
3: so her outfit her, i think her, well i think there was a few things going on there but first of all vogue um has you can count them on one hand not it maybe three fingers the women of color that have graced their cover mm-hmm. um they are notoriously famous for um appropriating back black culture but not having actual black people in their magazine Mm -hmm. number one um number two that particular cover was of we could say one of the most famous women of color of all time now and uh current important vice president of course of our country uh, of the united states and yet um the lighting, I mean, there's so many things wrong with it. Like, the lighting was awful. Her, the color choice of her outfit totally, like, washed her out. The backdrop, although one, there's two different covers, they're both not great. Oh, yeah. uh, one of them, the backdrop is her uh, colors of her sorority. But the whole thing just really did not hit the mark. And uh, you compare it... There's a great comparison online if you can find it of all these other amazing media photos of her where she just looks incredible. And we're not talking about pretty or not pretty. We're talking about like powerful, right? And her skin tone like resonates and just shines. And this was literally the opposite of all of that. Oh, so that interesting you
1: say that. Okay, good. Um I remember when it came out, the the pink, mm. when she's standing in front of the pink with the yeah. green. And my friends yeah. and I were texting being like, I don't get it. She's such a powerhouse. Why is this so bland looking? Also, like, she's like, wearing the Converse. And then we had our whole, in our whole text chain, how we would have, like, staged and lit her Absolutely. to show her power. And we're like, it's just so weird. We don't uh, even do this for like- a living. Right. And like the converse, while
3: that's cute and great, like there was a whole thing about how her looks silly anyway. So I'm curious what, considering you said that about the representation, now you have this woman who's so important on one of the most important fashion magazine covers. And then this happens.
2: But you know what? So I will start with saying this. Somebody should have taken responsibility on her team to say that doesn't look good. Somebody should have been vocal and spoke up to say I don't think this should, pu- this should publish, this should not be going out. There, there are, in a magazine, there are several phases, phases that, that, yeah. you know, that have to be done before it even goes out. And so for anyone to see that and then say that that was okay, to me, it was, it was a deliberate um, show uh, and depiction of false representation for a black woman. It was, it, and here again, it goes back to representation matters. Someone did not take the care that they would normally do if it was a high fashion model up there. Right. They didn't. And so, but somebody on either on her team or somebody in Vogue should have spoke up to say, this is not the quality that we are used to putting out. Right. I mean, I've seen Vogue have some beautiful covers. Right. Yeah, and absolutely. for that one to come out like that, I feel like it was demeaning. I I feel like it was, you know, just, it was unfair. And I feel like they owe her um, more than an apology. They owe her a do-over. Right.
3: Right. And I think, I think just now you made a great point that like, I mean, look, if Vogue wanted to shoot a cover of me, I would, you know, you'd put your, they're Vogue, right? You put your trust in them. But what you're saying is no, not even Vogue. (laughs) Or especially Vogue. Vogue. Right, yes. Like you deserve, everybody deserves to have approval and then you're in control of your image. And if your image, especially so many young Black women are counting on your image and women in general are counting on your image, then you have to mm-hmm. triple check that it's the exact image you want to put out there. So not yeah, rely on anyone. Say,
2: yes, but I will also say that I think what, what bothers me With the whole, you know, Vice President Kamala Harris image is because she, you know, the focus is not necessarily always on her, it's on what she's wearing. I'm thinking, okay, uh, you want to highlight the fact that she's wearing Chuck Taylor's and pearls and, and all of those things, but that's not what makes her so, you know, who she is. That's not how she got to where she's at, but that's how she's going to be remembered. Because before then, it was controversy around decisions that she made. And then when she won, it became not about the decisions that she made, not about the impact that she's going to make. It became about her wearing chucks and pearls.
3: It distracts from the the more important conversation. Right.
2: Yes. When Hillary was was running, you didn't hear, you didn't see half of that.
3: Right. That's it. extraordinarily excellent point thank you thank you because i'm very interested to to hear what you had to say about that um the second question that i had um was about something you didn't you didn't actually touch on this specifically in your book however i think this topic i mean your book obviously you know it has a limit to how much you're going to write but like then this could be in a whole it could be this could be a dissertation all on on its own but you did talk a lot about black women having their own voice and, um, using that voice. And I was curious, like what your thoughts on, if you could like extrapolate a little bit more in terms of healthcare and especially the time that we're going, you know, what's happening in the United States and around the world with the, the pandemic, but also another like very specific thing that I find, um, extraordinary that I think a lot, you wrote, oh, there's a lot of things that people don't know. People have to educate themselves. And I'm just going to quickly, um, say a few statistics. And I feel like people do not know, and it should be absolutely um, a topic of conversation. Black women are three times like more likely to die in preg- from pregnancy complications than not Black women. Um, black women are two times more likely to suffer a still childbirth, and Black women are two times less likely to seek help for postpartum depression. You talked about the whole thing with therapy. Um, black women are two times less likely to have access to non-invasive prenatal testing and black women are two and a half times less likely to breastfeed, which is something that I've like heard a lot about and I've talked a lot about with people and read a lot about, but I feel like this isn't these are not common things and this is not something that you would think would happen in the United States.
2: I was curious. But it how. happens. Yeah. So it does. Well, there's so many, oh gosh, the subpar healthcare for black women. I've experienced myself. I okay. switched primary wow. cares recently. Uh, before that, I think here it is. Here again, I have to feel empowered to use my voice to make sure that my the level of of health care I'm I pay for, <laughs> you know, I receive. So, like, I went to to have a physical done, and I sat there, and she never touched me. And I told her, I said, "Well, I it, I need to have a mammogram because it's been three years." And she looked and she was like, oh yeah, I'll go ahead and put that in in the system. Not once did she touch me just to make sure nothing. And I left out of there and I was like, okay, this is not acceptable. And I ended up going and having a mammogram and it went from that to the the tech called me back and said, oh no, we're gonna have to now do an ultrasound, a breast ultrasound. I'm thinking, oh, this is not good. Um, Then I went back in my own history and I read from the last one that I had when I was, I think 40, it said that I guess for whatever was going on with my breast that I, it's mandatory. I have I have a mammogram every year. It was noted in my chart three years later, and I was seeing her. Same lady. And not once did she say, "Well, we need to make sure and have your mammogram done. It's like she was oblivious to the fact that that's what it was marked from the last time that I had a mammogram. Wow. And then so know that I had all of these complications before finding out that, you know, it was it was okay, but I have to be monitored. I just felt like, wow, this is three years too late. And this is, and so no matter, I just feel like if something would have happened and I would have had breast cancer, I would not have known for three years, something that I could have easily have found out had I had been, had my doctor did what she was supposed to do, had she also informed me of what was of what was noted and annotated in my chart. So now I actually feel more empowered to look online at all of my tests, any, any test that I have. um, And I ask questions because of that.
3: Because clearly this is, I mean, obviously this is a real problem. And I just, and you mentioned in your book, you said like, there are several things in in, all throughout history and current that people don't talk about, that people are not educated about. White people, people of all races, um, about how this happens, but it doesn't happen, you know, as often to white people, it does to black people. In the, in, mm-hmm. And specifically, I mean, about healthcare and then women. And then specifically the whole like conversation around maternity is frightening. It's absolutely yes, frightening.
2: D- definitely. But also what I found out that black women are more, um, more or, are commonly known to have hysterectomies over fibroids than white women. As a matter wow. of fact, most doctors encourage a, hy- a hysterectomy for fibroids, you know, versus um, just having them surgically removed. Or they don't share that if you have them surgically removed, what are the probabilities that they will come back? So you might have to continue to have recurring surgeries. So if you don't do your own homework, then you won't find those kind of things out.
3: And so you encouraging, I think you encouraging, black woman to have a voice is I mean it's important but it's we're talking about the level of importance of like life-saving work like
2: literally all the way around in in every kind of way you know when we look at at wealth people think you know and associate wealth with money well wealth is not just money wealth Mm. is your health it you know it's insurance it's you know it's your job, it's your mental, you know, your mental wherewithal. I mean, wealth is a lot of things. And but the one thing that we need to understand and have wealth conversations is having knowledge. And that's where wealth really starts. You have to be in the know. You have to share. You have to have these really tough conversations, you know, even with um, planning, you know, family planning and life planning and estate planning. Black people are not common to have life insurance for their children. And no one really has that conversation, but children die all the time. And parents are left with having to pay and bury their kids and sometimes go in debt or not be able to afford to bury their own children. These are these are conversations that people should be having.
3: They're really tough conversations too. But
2: I think the whole point of your book is that, yeah, I, okay, it's tough. We, we agree it's tough. It's tough, but we need to have them, yes. Yeah. We, but we need to have those conversations. And so I, the book was originally only supposed to be a ebook. And of course it's in the print version now and it's short because I'm adding to it. It's actually, um, an anth- it's going to be an anthology series after this. I,
3: I was, I was going to ask, cause I, there's so much, <laughs> this is just
1: clearly scratching the surface. Um, Ed, can yes. you talk to us about like what the next phase is, what the next step is with the book?
2: Yeah, so I uh, right now I am working on, well, I'm doing an author call to, to have contributing authors uh, be a part of the next book called uh, A Shift in Social Change. So a lot of those chapters will be broken out to be individual books where I will have other authors contribute you know, their perspectives you know, to start challenging the status quo on race and discrimination and in all of those different areas. So I want to be able to have more than just my voice. I want other people to lend their voice to this platform because I don't really look at it necessarily as a book series as much as a movement.
0: And, and Pam, um, you are, you know, we talked a lot about business and financial. You yourself are a, a doctorate in management, right? In business. And you yes. do a lot of financial and business strategy advice. I'd love to leave our conversation on the book with what is your within all of the advice that comes with the book, what is your message for people, um, particularly black women, but going out and finding their voice and their power in the business world? Because you yourself are such an incredible force in the business world and entrepreneur and in celebrating your peers um, uh, and in lifting other people up. What is your advice to people um, with respect to that?
2: Oh, wow. I would say, you know, don't be afraid to jump in in business. I think that a lot of people want to be entrepreneurs uh, because it sounds good or, you know, but it's a lot of work. <laughs> so <laughs> a lot of people, it is, it's a tremendous amount of work and it also takes a level of discipline and I'm finding that out because the goal of having, um, a, well, a side hustle or a business or, or whatever you choose to have to, you know, because to be wealthy, you have to have multiple streams of income. Uh, and they can look like different things. But I would definitely say not being afraid of failing. And if you fail, that's fine. It's I mean, it, it's a learning curve, and you're going to evolve, I think, in order to succeed, you're going to have to fail. And, you know, not do well, and it's because you're going to learn from it, but doesn't, don't necessarily give up. So what I would definitely say is jump in, but jump in with knowledge, do your homework, do your research. And then the last thing will be really investing in yourself. If, you don't, if you're not willing to invest in yourself, you cannot expect other people to want to invest in you.
0: Wow. Thank you. Brilliant advice. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's the
1: good stuff. Yeah.
0: Well, let's talk. Now let's talk as we, as we sort of round the bend in the show, we had our chance to pitch Pam, our biggest recommendations, but we always have shout outs and recommendations. Um, Pam, do you have any additional shout outs or recommendations aside from, of course, everyone should go to amazon.com right now and buy their copy of Dr. Pam Gurley's black girl activist and her previous book. I am not a stereotype. I am H E R her. Um, but other than those shout outs, which I'm giving, what, do you have any other shout outs or recommendations?
2: Ooh, you know, I'm going to check out those, those, the movies, first of all, or the shows that you all recommend. I'm going to have to put them because, you know, as while I'm working, um, I will say just to be on the lookout, June 3rd, I will be dropping my first kid's book. Oh, oh my God! <gasps> what? That's huge news.
3: What? Way, way, to, way bury to bury the, the lead. Yes. Wow. Geez. That's yeah, be ex- two so kids. exciting. One, yes.
2: One tailored for boys, one tailored for girls. So yes, it's two books that will be releasing June 3rd called Brown Boy Be Social and Brown Girl Be Social. Oh, uh, so yeah, I'm so it's super excited about that. Uh, it's already, one, I'm waiting just to see what the print will look like coming back. Uh, there are so many things that I want to do. I stay busy, you all. Well, I'm just <laughs> um, no so I'm going, to, you know. Look out for that. Um, that series is going to be absolutely amazing. Um, what else do What else do I have going on and
3: put it out oh, there? A uh, children's book is not enough. Yeah, I feel like that's good. <laughs>
2: okay, well then that's good. Yes. No,
3: I mean, there's like, what else have I done? I don't know. Re- re-roofed your house last time I saw you you were like oh I just had a relaxing weekend I redid my floors myself (laughs) I was just chilling (laughs) you do not sit still lady
2: I was painting this weekend and then Jay and I was hanging out last night um down in DC actually um yeah, I'm I'm traveling. I've just, you know, I miss you all. I can't wait for this pandemic to be over so that I can make sure and, and get out a little bit more. Because you all have had kids and, and on top of kids and everything. <laughs> There's
0: a lot of kids. I mean, around. what else is there to
2: do in a
1: pandemic? You could start, you yeah. become a mogul like yourself or just pop out a bunch of babies like me and Lily. <laughs>
2: and move all the way to the other side of oh please i'm gonna be recovering
1: from that for a long time (laughs) exhausted (laughs) yes
0: all right Lil. what else are you watching what else do you recommend
3: um this is uh a serious oscars contender guys promising young woman i watched it yesterday i can't wait for you guys to see it so we could do maybe we'll watch
0: that tonight back
3: an an app Mm -hmm. um on that it's absolutely necessary uh pam have you seen it
2: no, but i have it written down i'm gonna look it up
3: promising look young it up. woman it's nominated um for uh five oscars but uh wow. b- forget besides the oscars just that aside uh i think it's yeah it was it's an i think it's a conversation starter the movie because um i like close to two in the morning, my husband and I were still talking about it. And then this morning we kept talking about it. So I think there's a lot happening uh, there too, as well. Uh, definitely a conversation about women. I think there's a lot that you could unpack in that, that film plus the performance was outstanding. So that, um, obviously the glass blowing show called Blown Away on Netflix, whoever is interested, Blown Away, Netflix. Um,
2: and yeah, that's, that's it for this week.
0: What about you, Beth?
2: So, oh, yeah? really quick, shy. Have you, have any of you watched the new Marvel show that's out? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, we um, of The on
0: Winter it. Soldier. Yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah, I have to go back and listen to that then.
0: Yeah. We, 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 in general, I really like it. I would say my sisters are confused by it, but also yeah. enjoying it. But I really I think like it's it.
3: fun, but you know, I think it's still like superhero stuff. So, can't, you know, I think it's like they maybe like became librarians or something and just like chit-chatted the whole time i'd probably like it more because i'm tired of this i like when thing. lily
0: tries to understand what's happening in that show
3: yeah I don't so don't understand um, it
0: Be- uh, Beck, what are you watching what else are you I,
1: watching? I, I i mean nothing new i i watch my children mostly that's what i do i watch my children it's that's a good it. show
0: it's a good show those I'm parents were looking to a for a Formula cool show One to watch show. with kids though becky's kids introduced my kids to alien tv oh yeah i've definitely
1: mentioned that on the pod a few times we're okay, still loving alien tv we are not over it yet we still think it's the cutest thing so. it is very cute
0: and i'll just yeah. say that yeah. we watched with mom and dad another episode of the show friday night dinner which is kind of funny that a show we love is called friday night dinner and our show is friday night movie but friday night it's dinner, meant to be it's on amazon we watched and we
3: would go. Wait, we'd go to the Friday night movie after Friday night dinner.
0: That's true. <laughs> it's on Amazon. And the episode, uh, the first episode of season five, The Other Jackie, I, ooh, that was epically hilarious. I have lots of video again for our Patreon subscribers. We don't have a Patreon yet, but if, if you want this, I think that's what we could give away because I don't think people want more episodes of our show. But I think videos <laughs> of mom giggling could absolutely be what we give absolutely. Patreon subscribers away. Um uh, uh, so that's what I'm watching. Pam, where can people follow you? We're all, I mean, there's so many places, but where can people follow you? Where can people get the book?
2: I can be followed on every platform pretty much at I A M D R P G U R L E Y, I am Dr. P Gurley. If you want a book, you can go to, um, www.unapologeticbydrg.com and it's in the store. As a matter of fact, I think it's the very first thing that comes up now since it's the latest release. Um, You can also follow and catch my podcast recorded live the first and third Wednesdays of every month on Facebook Live at Perspiration Happy Hour
0: awesome and if you ever want to us, if you
2: really want to like if you really want to find out anything else about me just google dr pamela girly i mean everything is out there
0: and <laughs> pam is and on our- clubhouse pam is the person who invited me to clubhouse and you all know how much i love clubhouse and how much i'm on it all the time and so definitely go and follow pam also on
3: clubhouse. also if you want to know more about pam you can read her first book that's true yes um, that's true it's, it's was- also
0: it's also in the store um, Thank you. I um, hope I and, appreciate it. That too. And uh, Lily, where can people follow you?
3: Chi-Chi, C-H-I-C-H-I-K Gomez on Twitter
1: and Lily Corman on Clubhouse.
0: And Beck.
1: At Paper BK Princess on Twitter and Be- I don't know, Becky Pamela on Clubhouse, maybe?
0: That's that's right.
1: Yeah, me- that's who I am on Clubhouse. Come hang out with me.
0: And you can follow me at Pancake and the number four table. That's Pancake and the number four table on Twitter and Instagram. On Clubhouse, I'm my regular name. Uh, uh, you can follow all the Friday Night Movie shenanigans at Friday Night Movie on Twitter and Instagram or FridayNightMoviePod.com. Please join us in checking out and hopefully supporting the NAACP Legal Defense Fund the Equal Justice Initiative and the Asian American Journalists Association, all organizations we are supporting as a family. And with that, the theme music of Friday Night Movie by What Does It Eat kicks in when we dance our way into the afternoon. Thank Bye. So much, Thanks for Pam. being here, Pam. Thank
2: you. Thank you so much for having me again. I miss you all. We miss you too.
1: And I'll actually hopefully get to see you in person. Yes. It's a mess from
2: far
0: away, but still. Uh, <laughs>